0: The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts.
1: The Heart of Art, scoping the Brussels Valley for the best artists and bringing them to your radio. Hello, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to the KME Studios. My name is Hector Nino and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Today in the studios, we have a very special show planned for you. We will be revisiting uh, my interview with Shelby Lancaster. She is a local artist, born and raised here in College Station. She's finishing up her first semester uh, at UNT as as an art student. And um, if you'd like to check out her work while we have this discussion, you can go to her Instagram, at Private Canvas. That's her Instagram, at Private Canvas. And um, last time I interviewed her, she was it was at the beginning of this year, and uh, she's grown so much since. Uh, she's uh, dabbed into ceramics, textiles, and a lot of other mediums. So I, I definitely recommend for you guys to go and check out her Instagram and see how much she's grown um and for my second guest we will be revisiting my interview with elena reese who is the artistic director of the friends of chamber music and we talk a little bit about what her master's in musicology means and um what it means to be uh, artistic director of the friends of chamber music so uh, make sure you stay tuned for that and now for our announcements the Department of Music Activities, uh, they will be hosting multiple concerts this weekend, and that will be um, tomorrow, December 4th. And the the University Orchestras Concert will be at Rudder Theater at 3 p.m., and this will be the Philharmonic and the Chamber Orchestras uh, performing holiday classics. And then the Choral Activities will have their Holiday Spirit of Aggieland Concert, and this will be at the Rudder Auditorium at 7 p.m. And that, that consists of the singing cadets, sentry singers, and women's choirs. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, holiday music this weekend, and make sure you go and attend uh, these uh, wonderful concerts. Uh, I bet it's going to be a great time. All right, and let's start my interview with Shelby Lancaster. Today in the studio I have a very good friend of mine. Her name is Shelby Lancaster. She is a great artist. If you'd like to check out her work, make sure to go to her Instagram on at private canvas. Her name is Shelby Lancaster. So you can go ahead and take a look while we're having this little talk. Hello, Shelby. How are you today?
2: I'm good. How are you
1: doing good? I haven't seen you in such a long time. I I feel like it's been forever.
2: I feel like the last time you saw me I didn't have hair.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You sure <laughs> did have a buzz cut.
2: <laughs> had a buzz cut. I grew it out and doing something different.
1: Oh, cool, cool. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Um, All right. So I guess where I like to start off is uh, people's background. Mm-hmm. So where are you from?
2: First I'm from College Station. I'm College local. Station. Yeah. Okay.
1: Do you think that that has any effect on your art?
2: I It probably does with me, like without me knowing that it does. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure if I grew up in a big city things would be different so and definitely i know like my upbringing and my surroundings growing up probably plays an effect on that
1: mm-hmm, yeah i mean we have some friends in common so i know that you went to college station high school mm-hmm. um and they did tell me that your work was like constantly recognized it was like on the walls it was, yeah um would you say that uh your art was kind of like polished in high school
2: i don't know honestly i feel like in high school like art has always been a thing for me and I mean, it was no different when I got to high school. Right. I can remember since like first grade, my stuff was being recognized or wow. like somebody was doing something with it mm-hmm. within the school at least. So high school, I don't know if it was, it wasn't any different for me, but also I didn't, I also didn't feel like I was anything special, you know, like, I, cause I was also, I'm a quiet person and I keep a close circle of people and I also, I didn't really have too many close friends in high school. It wasn't until afterwards. But, I mean, some of the, like, the staff didn't even know who I was. And I was uh-huh. just really low-key. And But my art would be out there somehow, and yeah. people would know me for that.
1: I feel like your art is, like, much more loud than you. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which I don't mind. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious as to what you were doing in first grade. Hold up. <laughs> so, uh,
2: honest, like, the earliest memory of... Me doing anything artsy, I guess. Um, I know, like growing up, even before kindergarten, I would copy my mom because she would always doodle these little horses and stuff. That's all she would do, and so I would just—that's what I knew. So I would copy her, and then eventually I found out there was other things. But then I know in kindergarten we uh, there was a moment where we were sitting down like on this long table, and, and there was students next to each other, and. Um, we were drawing something. I don't know. It was just like a drawing activity. Mm-hmm. And I remember the kid next to me asking me if I could draw this for them. Oh, because they knew. Yeah. <laughs> that
1: you would do better.
2: But but yeah, like even it was either first or second grade, but they had the um, like the Christmas card competitions. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't know if it was a competition when you were that young, but they would choose like the best ones. Low key, uh, yeah. like competition. Uh-huh. And <laughs> then they would, they would they would like They chose mine. It was of some snowman. I don't know. It was for Christmas and um, they like made copies of it and they framed my thing and like gave it to me.
1: Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so
2: I remember like I have memories from as early as I can recall.
1: So your art, what would you say um, is your art style? When I was kind of looking at them and looking at like the art styles, Mm -hmm. I hop like into surrealism maybe or what would you identify it as?
2: Honestly, I don't think I've spent the time to even put a label on it. Hmm, right. And I don't know if I want to, Ooh, because okay. I get like the past few years, I've been trying to hone in on okay, what am I really into doing and what I want to do more of, mm-hmm. because I I know I absolutely my favorite thing is portraits, whether it is uh, realism, surrealism, whatever it comes out to be. I don't know if I. I don't always necessarily go into them, like, knowing what style I want this to be in. But I know it's going to come out looking like my work. It doesn't look like anyone else's.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, your hand is so distinct. Yeah. Um. Just for context, how old are you? I want our audience to know how old I you are. I turned
2: 26 in December.
1: 26, okay. Mm-hmm. So you are very young, but your hand looks so experienced.
2: I mean... Yeah, I don't... It, it's always been, a. I guess, a natural... I was thinking to myself today... Just like you know what's gonna come up in this interview, mm-hmm. and it's like a, how everyone is just born into like they know how to breathe already. Mm-hmm. Like I already knew how to use those abilities. I don't know, it, cause it, I don't know if it runs. There's nothing really in the family other than my mom, but she never took things seriously, so I don't know what she's capable of. Right. But other than that, I don't know where it came from. It was just like I was born into it. This is just a part of my agenda. <laughs>
1: Well, you're one of the lucky few. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was a little bit of surrealism, a little bit of pop art, mm-hmm. maybe even it, if, if you want to label it. I know you don't want to, but uh, for the for our audience, I yes. guess, who are listening, mm-hmm. so they can kind of have an image of, of what your um, paintings look like. Mm-hmm. And you also use different types of mediums, right?
2: Yeah. So I mainly play with acrylics. That's what I've been using for years, and they're... I'm sure what most people start out using when they're painting. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't tried oils. I really want to just they're so buttery, but like I'm I just haven't. They're expensive. Yeah. Um. And then uh I've done my fair share of graphite. I did that all through high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still try to go back to it every now and again, but it's not my favorite.
1: I see on your Instagram that you have a lot of color pencils. Mm-hmm. And things that appear to be crayons, but I don't know if they are crayons.
2: I haven't used crayons, but the colored pencil. So, uh, I'm at Blinn right now. It's Mm -hmm. my second year. And I've been trying my best to take all the art that I can uh, just to learn what I don't know. Because a lot of my stuff is naturally taught or or self-learned, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But the colored pencils I actually I always love looking at people do colored pencils when they're really good at it it looks awesome yeah um but I had never tried it I don't even think I was interested but I we had some projects in my uh drawing class that we use colored pencils and I realized I'm pretty good at this yeah
1: I mean (laughs) it's extraordinary work
2: (laughs) It's, it's fun like different mediums other than acrylics for me are just they're fun to play with acrylics is what I really take seriously yeah so
1: I saw this um, series on your Instagram, mm-hmm. the the ones that were like, be kind, be understanding, oh, yeah. be honest. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, amazing for me. I, w- I kind of wanted to talk a little bit uh-huh. about what it meant for you.
2: So I can't recall like where that idea came from. I always have these spurts of just you know, let me try this. Let me do something different. Um, I always wanted, cause those were, uh, I posted a picture and then I followed it with like a, a sped up version of me right. actually doing it. Mm-hmm. And I always, I, I'm always into the idea of doing, making videos. Um, and I always love even watching them on YouTube and stuff, but I, I don't actually sit down and make the time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. That was just like, i'm always into those little meanings in life and Mm -hmm. i know they can be corny and cliche but i think they're said so often for a reason to just be kind and you know be courageous and sometimes i know for me like through my art i do have to remind myself of those things and those are just little spurts of creativity that Obviously, as if you can see, like, there's only a few of them. It was mm-hmm. meant to go on longer, but it stopped because yeah. that's what happens in my brain. Like, yeah. I just move on to something Next else. Next thing, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, the reason I bring it up is because it does look like it was different types of, like, mediums. Like, yeah. I saw, like, pen mm-hmm. even.
2: So, yeah, that was really playful for me. I just brought out... I, I mean, I wasn't going to sit there and do a painting, you know? Like, I just used pastels and uh, uh, pencils and pens, whatever I could find. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I
1: mean, to me, it was kind of like... Uh, it looks even childlike it is but with like very um you know things you say every day be kind be Mm -hmm. understand be honest but it's Mm -hmm. kind of like uh I don't know maybe like taking it to like your childhood level like Mm -hmm. it is so basic so common yet people still have to be reminded about it yeah
2: so I you saying you know the whole child atmosphere thing I find myself often uh like honing into that uh feeling and I don't know why I just I've always felt like a child at heart and a lot of things that I do and even just out in my personality it'll come out and sometimes I can just be really expressive in that nature and just this like youthful uh childlike atmosphere you know and it comes out in my art too
1: yeah I mean it's clearly visible through Mm -hmm. your your feed on Instagram um are there any like uh main messages or overarching themes that you say your paintings have
2: I would, I'm going to assume that by the end, uh, there is no end, but by, you know, the, the, the height of my artistic journey, I'm going to end up with probably 99% self-portraits mm-hmm. because that's what I love to do. Um, and I assume Frida Kahlo felt the same way because she did a bunch of them of herself too. And I get that. It, I mean, it's, you see yourself every day, you know, it's something that you're so familiar with. And being able to paint it or or draw or whatever, um, you start to see yourself at different angles and different lights. And you're like, this is what I really look like. But it's not really, it, it's more of a feeling for me. Like painting is, I'm not trying to, you know, make an exact copy of what I see in front of me. It's more of like, what am I feeling through this?
1: So more of like a reflection of yourself. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, like in self-reflection. I love that. Yeah,
2: it, it it's a... All of my painting, but especially my self-portraits, are this self-love act. Mm. It's just this journey of, like, self-care, honestly. Yeah. Because through it all, I'm also, it's just this natural, like, meditation space for me. I don't go to it to meditate, but mm. when I'm doing it, it's just naturally happening. Like, I'm just relaxed, and I, like, I'm not stressed out at all, and it's, there's ideas constantly flowing in my head, and, like, it just ends up being whatever it is. Wow. So. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think with um, other interviews, what we've spoken about is, like, how we grow with Mm -hmm. our paintings. And I think it's interesting that you're doing self-portraits because as you increase your capabilities in art, you're also growing as a person, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and I feel like there's an interesting relationship between those two. There is. Mm. Yeah,
2: I don't, like, I've found myself, of course, like, I love doing portraits of anybody. It could be a stranger. It could be an image I found online, but I've stepped away from doing that because it doesn't connect with me necessarily it's not like Mm. an attachment that i have and it's not something that i want to deeper explore um even like portraits of family members or friends like i'm not even too interested in i'll do them every now and again but it's really the self-portraits that make me keep going like I That's just want to make more yeah. yeah
1: awesome um and so I mean I was going to ask you about your inspirations but you mentioned Frida Kahlo
2: yeah um, right off the bat honest like every time I get asked uh if I have a favorite artist or who is it I don't know how to answer that mm-hmm. I am honestly like I hate being this artist that doesn't really know the history of everything Mm -hmm. because I, you know, so many professors who do this for their, for a living, like they can just spit out facts and history and they know who did this and who did that. And I'm just, it's so overwhelming. And I know I'm probably expected to know those things, but I don't. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't necessarily have a favorite artist uh, because I, like every time I go somewhere and see art, it's always enjoyable for me I can always learn from everybody right. and I don't think I've ever seen art that I don't like or that I can't learn from um I do know I had a really uh euphorical experience uh in high school my senior year we took a. Uh, I was in like an advanced art class so we we did special things but <laughs> we went to um we took a field trip to this uh collection in Houston Mm -hmm. Um, it's called the Manil Collection. I'm pretty sure it's still there. I think it's a you know, a permanent thing but it's just these different buildings and they all have different art in them. But there's one building there, it's called the Saitwombly collection or something, I'm not sure. But it's he's an artist. He he's passed, he's he's gone. But I went there and we started off um, like as a group of people and then um, I eventually like I I ended up spending a lot more time in these rooms with his art and everyone kind of just drifted away from me they just kept going throughout the building and I don't know what it was if you look up his art like it's it's very sporadic and it's very you can tell all of it was in the moment and like he just he put whatever was right then and there he put it into his work Mm
3: -hmm. and it's.
2: it's really what anyone could do. It just looks like a it looks like a scratch pad, like just like note, a notepad, but blown up. You know, it's like all his ideas written down and just like sloshes of paint everywhere. Like, like it's like a really messy. Of consciousness mm-hmm.
1: Type, okay. And
2: but I went there and now as I was walking through, I don't know what happened in my body, but I just I remember staring at this one piece and there was, um, you could tell like where he'd use a spray bottle and it created like this dripping thing going on with the paint, wow. and I just started crying, like I was like full-on bawling just hysterical and I it was I wasn't even embarrassed I was so in the moment and I don't know what happened to my spirit I don't know like what was going on inside of me but it was just really it was really spiritual for me and it was very euphoric and all these feelings I didn't care who there was like a kindergarten class standing around me and I was I just I didn't even care but it just felt so good to have even though I don't know what happened I felt so connected to this artist I had never known before I'd never heard of him I'd never seen his work I felt so connected to him for some reason um because he would write little words in his artwork and then he would paint over them and write something else and you can just just standing there trying to dictate what was there before and like just little messages that he was trying to put out um whether it was intentional or not like it it was just really I loved it and it made me cry for some reason and that was just. That's a really. I'm gonna remember that forever, mm-hmm. and that's that's never happened to me before then or afterwards. And so for that reason, I tend to say that Cy Twombly is my favorite artist. Okay, okay. But yeah. you know, give or take, yes and no. I. It's just. It was just the moment for me. It was just what I experienced.
1: I mean, that's what I love about art that it just hits everyone differently mm-hmm. on different scales. Even. And you never
2: know. <laughs> yeah, you, you never, never know, know how it's gonna hit you. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, and then more specifically about your paintings, um, I see that there's a lot of patterns uh-huh. and, and colors, uh-huh. uh, focus on color. Yeah. How do you come up with these colors and, and patterns? Even? So.
2: Because um, I
1: feel like they capture the essence of the person that you yeah. are also painting in that. So.
2: I'm glad you say that because yeah. it's kind of random for me. But So to be honest, uh, it wasn't until my senior year of high school that I did my first painting. Oh. Uh, before that, I hated color. I hated What? I, like, I, I don't know if I'd say hate, but I just was never ever interested in using them okay. or even trying to like, I was not interested. I was so stuck on doing graphite portraits with pencil and black and white. Like it was just a thing for me. And, and I felt like I could get, I could get so much more realism out of that. Mm. Um, so I just stuck to it. And I was, some, it was something I had practiced and I was familiar with, but um, color, yeah. I did my first portrait my senior year of high school, and I haven't stopped painting since then. Good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, for like now, you know, graphite is something I barely touch now, but um, I haven't stopped painting since that one time, and color has been, like, it just, like, washed over me. I don't know what happened, but I, I absolutely love using color, and whether I mean to or not, I always end up using the entire spectrum of the rainbow in all of my pieces, wow. even ones that look like their skin tone or something. If you look closer, there's layers of green and purple and blue and pink. And re- yes. yes, like you can see everything in my paintings. Mm-hmm. And I love that about my work because I don't, it's like unintentionally intentional right um it just kind of happens and it's just like it's something that my hands do it's just something that I feel like I need to use every single color um but yeah like all the patterns and stuff I I start I, I, that's uh, that was another spurt of creativity because mm-hmm. I I am starting now to get away from that I still like to use patterns but I you know you play with them differently and they they morph into different things the more that you continue to do them and I think my art will continue evolving in that way. Yes. So I don't know if I'll have like a style that sticks with me, but it'll be something surrounding portraits and however I play with them.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited to go through this journey with you. Yeah, I mean, we're going to keep ourselves <laughs> updated on what's going on and what uh-huh. you're into now. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I kind of want to leave the audience with this quote that you have on your bio. Patience and persistence. It's a practice that makes perfect.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why would you choose that as your bio quote?
2: So I came up with that. Um, I like art, like with any avenue of it, I just enjoy playing with words and somehow that ended up, uh, there's a, there's a word for it. I don't know what it's called, but every word in there starts with a P unintentionally, mm-hmm. but it sounds good. And I thought it it made sense to me. Typically everything I do, it makes sense to me and it's something for me. Um, and whatever anyone else can get out of it, I'm happy for them. Yeah. Um, but that. I'm glad you bring recognition to that because no one has ever pointed my bio out and it's been there for a while. Yeah. And I just, I, I don't know. It's just like practice is, that's how you, that's life. You go through so many practices, whether you know it or not. Like you, you know, you practice until you finally get the the right, you know, until you finally tie your shoes correctly like right, you yeah. practice up learn how point. to drive yeah every single thing like practice. when you don't know you're doing it you're practicing and practice is a lifelong you're going to keep practicing until you you know get to the point of completing anything mm-hmm. um, yeah. i always yeah i always mention practice because it's it's something that you constantly have to do in order to i don't want to say perfect but in order to get to where you want to go you have to practice it's never going to show up it's never going to be what you want it to be when you want it to be there you know right so yeah
1: all right well that was a beautiful ending (laughs) to our interview thank you (laughs) thank you so much for coming to the studio
2: i feel i'm appreciative
1: of course anytime anytime that you'd like to come back you are welcome to thank you (laughs) all right you guys we will be going on a quick break but do not go anywhere we will be right back
0: Support for KAMU comes from the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts.
1: And we are back. You are listening to The Heart of Art with Hector Nino. Now I'll be revisiting my interview with Elena Reese, the Artistic Director of Friends of Chamber Music. Today in the studio, we have a very special guest. Her name is Elena Reese. She is currently the Artistic Director at Friends of Chamber Music and has been uh, part of the organization since 2003. She has uh, two masters, one in music history, literature and theory, and another in musicology and ethnomusicology. So she is really using uh, her skills at Friends of Chamber Music. So hi, Elena. How are you today? Hi, Hector. I'm glad to be here. I'm very glad to have you. Um, I was wondering what being an artistic director for the Friends of
3: Chamber Music actually entailed. It entails a lot of things. Yes, I bet. Uh, We try to make a good balance between our um, artistic um, uh, desires Mm -hmm. in forming our season and our financial means, which is uh, not an easy thing to Mm -hmm. do. So uh, basically, it entails uh, forming a season, uh, working with a list of uh, prospective candidates, and uh, going through it and trying to see which artist or which group suits us the best uh, is the better match for our upcoming season Uh, why it is so then it uh, also entails uh, um, working with the agencies and uh, trying to wiggle around uh, their schedules because it's not an easy thing to find uh, the time in the calendar when the artists are en route and when they are not flying specifically to College Station but uh, maybe to big metropolitan areas around us mm-hmm. and then can make, make a quick trip to College Station. Brian.
1: Right. Yeah. So At you- least that
3: is our uh, intention every time. And also you asked about uh, artistic direction. Uh, it, it basically, it is that uh, I try to see what's the best for the organization and the best for the area, for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, we need to find a good balance. Uh, perhaps uh, uh, Friends of Chamber Music, uh, let's say hypothetically, would like to... Um, have a lot of uh, modern music, of contemporary composers, of uh, musicians who would perform that uh, m- that music in our series. But it is very well understood that uh, our listeners, our audiences, and it's not an exception, it's happening worldwide, uh, they are very well accustomed to and... Uh, longing for real classical music. Uh, Some groups, they intend to actually incorporate modern music in their overall classical programs. Mm. So we need to negotiate on, with them on that ground as well.
1: Yes, I do want to go a little bit into your personal story and where you got your love for the arts. Um, so this master's in musicology, what exactly does musicology mean?
3: Oh, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is is a question that I believe many, many people have, but very few are uh, not afraid to ask Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it sounds very (laughs) unfamiliar and strange. Um, Musicology is basically, it means study of music. Um, Mm -hmm. It uh, incorporates... On the ground level, it incorporates music history as a focus of study, Mm -hmm. and uh, that would mean that uh, certain composition taken uh, for analysis represents not only a set of music notes written on paper, but also the whole societal narrative and societal attitudes of the time when that composition was created. So with all these considerations, with the previous history of music behind that composition and uh, all previous musical developments that led to it, there is a lot to unpack in every single work of music that you have either in front of you on the uh, music stand or you listen to. uh, We can talk about uh, musicology being specifically academic area of research, Uh, but we can talk about musicology being actually applied to what we hear on stage nowadays.
1: All right, you guys, that is the end of our show. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have a great week, and make sure to tune in next week. I'm Hector Nino, and you've been listening to The Heart of Art, a production of 90.9 KAMU-FM. You can find all of our shows anytime at kamu.tamu.edu.
0: The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts.